Welcome back to the Rainy Day Horror Show. It is Monday, right? It has been, this is second time I've ever recorded, and well not recorded, but released an episode on a Monday, right? This is weird, you know, for me and you, I guess, I don't know. Uh, guys, I'm pumping out, like, what is it? So, there's today's episode, there's tomorrow's episode, we got an episode coming out on Wednesday, me and Gabby talking about the Sarah Winchester stuff, I was going to say bullshit, but we don't know if it's bullshit or not, then I've got one Thursday, I've got one coming out Saturday and Sunday, boys and girls, that is six days, you guys are getting straight fucking content from me, okay, I promise this year, you know, well, I know it's not the end of the year yet, but promised myself I wanted to upload more and give you guys more content. So I'm pushing at least, well, it's going to be five days a week from here on out, but it's going to be, it's going to be six coming shortly. I'm going to try and do six videos as much as possible. Now, Wednesday, we're not Wednesdays, but Thursdays, I might cut out um, the horror movie breakdowns. Not because, like, I, I love doing them. I love telling you guys good, good horror movies to go out and watch. But it's just, like, I'm kind of, like, not in the mood right now to watch horror movies. I'm more into, like, true crime documentaries, true crime docu-series, stuff like that. So, or, like, horror-related um TV shows. So if you want, I might just swap it out and do that. I don't know yet. Or I might just replace it with just a storytelling day. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But just be on the lookout for that, okay? If you don't know who I am, I am Dusty McBalls. I am the certified cougar hunter. And I am your host with the most. And today we have a good interview. A great interview. I'm here with Heidi Love. She is a ex-Mormon, and she's just going to expose everything about what she went through within the cult, and there's some, you know, FLDS that's being thrown into this, and it's just, it's just really, really good, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. So, without further ado, let's welcome Heidi. For the viewers that don't know who you are, what you do, yes. where you're at, where you came from. Why don't you what share happened? a little bit about it? Yeah. <laughs> sure. All right. I am Heidi Love. I'm from Unfiltered Rise, and I am where all podcasts are served. Uh, Unfiltered Rise at Gmail, on TikTok. Uh, I'm pretty much all over Instagram on that as well. So I never wanted to be a podcaster. I never thought I'd be a podcaster. I do talk a lot. I've always talked a lot. So. <laughs> I mean, that part's easy for me, but, um, I originally just was really obsessed with podcasts as far as listening to them and Josh Monday, uh, Christian conspiracy podcaster. I, I really like him. And I saw this weird story that some people sent me from my, my area. I live in Utah and they're like, look at this high school and look at all this weird stuff they're pushing and what's on the walls. And it's the high school musical school. And so I was like, kind of interested because they know I was conspiratorial and they were like tell me what it means and I'm like okay so I did and then I sent it to Josh I'm like hey you should do a show on this and he's like I don't know anything about Mormons and if I did a show on it it would suck you know so why don't you do a show about it and I'm like uh 
No, because I don't even know how to do that. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and so with my little, my son's little puzzle light and my phone, I like rigged it all up and he got me to come on the show. And I felt stupid. Like, I was so scared. I read all these notes. Like, I wasn't even like a normal just talking or anything. Mm -hmm. I was scared, you know. And so he's like, you know, your show did really well, but people want to know about the Mormon thing. You're, you were a Mormon. And like, to me, that's just so weird because I live in Utah. Everybody knows this stuff here. This is yeah. not like anything, you know, like this is like talking to my neighbor, like, you know, the temple, blah, blah, blah. Like, and <laughs> it, yeah, people here are just like, yeah. And so he's like, come on. And we did a two part series on Mormonism. And then he had me back <clears throat> or I had him back one more time. So anyway, he's like, your numbers are really good. And I was like, what? And I said, yeah, I saw on YouTube. He's like, no, no. Because I didn't understand how like tracking went or like other ways you get numbers. He's like, no, you had a lot. Like people want to hear your story. So I thought, how silly. Like, I, why would they want to hear some housewife's story? You know what I mean? Like that yeah. has a bunch of kids. Like that just seems so funny to me. And then he's like, no, really. So I, I started one and here I am a whole bunch of episodes later and that was in May of this year. So that's oh. um, all the time I've been going. And I've already been on um, a lot of shows like Cult of Conspiracy. I've interviewed like Ryan Peterson. These are some of my like way up there people like on my mm -hmm. list of like, this is who I would love to interview someday. Like I have an interview coming up with Gary Wayne. Like <laughs> these are just like people that I completely just binge listen to so, so it's well, been exciting yeah congratulations you're almost coming Thanks. up to your one year in about what five months yeah, yeah yeah it's been a wild ride and I wouldn't change it for anything my whole my whole um goal after a, like the first one the school one was just like okay about the school but after that I was like well if I can help Mormons get out or understand exactly what they're doing or understand that this is a cult or whatever, then maybe I can help them. <clears throat> because when you're in Mormonism, you feel very less than. You feel extremely um, trapped, I would say, like into this weird structural dynamic of like, this is how you're perfect. This is how you have to be. This is the only way to be. This is how you go to heaven, blah, 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 blah. Like it's very structured. And to the point where they control what you drink, you can't have coffee, they control what you wear, you have to wear certain underwear, they control a lot of things in your life. And you don't realize that that is culty until you're mm -hmm. out of the cult. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you just, and especially here because, I mean, this is like not where Mormonism was formed, but this is the Mecca of Mormonism. This is like yeah. where most people are now. Yeah, when everybody thinks of, like, Utah, the first thing that comes to mind is, yeah. oh, Mormons. It's, Mormons. It's the land of the Mormons, right? Yep, yep. And what really, what really, this is interesting, okay, because I saw you one day post something about LDS. Yes. And for <laughs> some reason, I don't know why, but me and my girlfriend, the cult that we kind of pay attention to right now, just because it is really, really close to us now, is FLDS. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh. You're going to love my show today that's being yeah. released. I, I'm yeah. doing an FLDS today. Oh, I, it's <laughs> so 
weird because me and my girlfriend, we watched the documentary of Stay Keep Sweet. Sweet. Yeah, yeah, that one on Keep Netflix. Yep. And then we watched the one on Hulu. And then I found that you post something about LDS. It's like, oh, I got to yes. have her on now. Yes. And then literally like last week or two weeks ago, we saw another cult cult thing they don't use it's a cult but they don't use um fear as a factor and one of the girls sisters so this girl was in the cult her sister posted i think it was her sister made like a photoshop of the guy that's the head of the cult if you want to watch it it is called twin flame oh i watched it it was so good no i watched it it was crazy they <laughs> took his head and they put it on Warren Jeff's head yeah. in one of the main I thought that shit was so funny. And I looked at oh my, my girlfriend gosh. and I was like I was like, why why do everywhere we go does this cult just follow us? Because so I'm we- gonna Yeah, I'm gonna blow your mind. So the guy that I interviewed about the FLDS was my brother in law for a long time. I'm estranged from my sister, but um when I saw they were getting divorced, I always liked him. And I thought, oh, I'm going to hit him up for an interview because I knew where he came from and what his background was. And I always thought he was a really nice person, you know. And I thought, well, if he tells me to go to hell, it's fine, you know. But, like, yeah. I'm going to try. And so he said, no, actually, I wrote a book, and I would like to. And he is Warren Jeffs. Um, he's related to Warren Jeffs twice. He comes from that cult. He is um, Warren Jeffs. So his Mom is Warren Jeff's, let's see, aunt, I think it is. So it's kind of a hard, it's not just a typical nephew because there's so many branches of women. Mm -hmm. And then also he married, Warren Jeff's dad is Rulon Jeff's, and Mm -hmm. he married Rulon Jeff's granddaughter. So he is very much, he actually went to Texas to help bring in New Zion. He was involved in all of it. Yeah, so wow. that's coming out today. Yeah, that will be out. When me and my girlfriend were doing research on it for our episode, we found out that they actually just now moved up until either North or South Dakota, which is, mm-hmm. I think it's North Dakota, which is literally four hours north of where I'm at. They have which branches is, everywhere. They have yeah, them which is everywhere. Really, <laughs> they hit his really family. Bizarre. Yeah, they They have their own um, witness protection program kind of thing. And they have, so when I lived in southern Utah, I lived there for a while. And in southern Utah, they have Colorado City. Colorado City is right on the border of Arizona and Utah. And I lived in St. George. And we would see the fundamentalists all the time. There's also Hilldale, Utah, which is like on the other side of it. So Colorado City is in Arizona and then Hilldale's in Utah, but they're like right there on the border. So why they built that city that way is if Utah came to arrest them, they would just pop over to the Mm -hmm. Colorado city part and they're safe and vice versa in Arizona. So they did this all the time and they have tunnels and all kinds of stuff connecting. And so, um, he, yeah, he came from that area and I'm, I mean, we took care of people in the hospitals cause I'm a nurse. Like I saw all kinds of genetic problems because of the inbreeding. Like I said, he was already related to Warren Jeffs on one side and then he married, you know, Rulon Jeffs granddaughter, which is right directly related. I mean, mm-hmm. that's his, Rulon is 
Warren is Jeff's. Warren Jeff's is Rulon's son. So yeah. it's all, it, it goes like that. And it's weird because they'll get these really weird things that we never see. Like people would come and get me as a younger nurse and say, because back then I was, um, come look at this. You know, you'll never see this again. This is really crazy. You'll have to come and look, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my gosh. But yeah, so yes, some of the stuff I will tell you today will directly relate with that, depending on which way we want to go. I oh, have my crazy. story, I have the history of the church, and I have like information on the different branches, but not so much on the reorganized, but I can tell you like some about it. So Okay. <clears throat> well, let's let's start out with your story on Sure. Why you decided to well, I don't want to say decided. Maybe you weren't maybe you didn't decide, maybe you're forced into it. But how did you become part of the Mormon church? I was born and bred Mormon. I was blessed as a baby into the church. My parents were what you call Jack Mormons. And that is um, people that are kind of like the Catholics that go on Easter and Christmas. They like barely go, but they still believe. Mm -hmm. But they would send me with my neighbors all the time because my neighbors were devout. And they were temple holding Mormons. Like my mom wasn't, you know. And... Um, her husband was just insane. So they were like, oh, go to church because like our life was pretty wild um, when I was growing up. So I had these really two dichotomies of like people that were really partiers, drinkers, like he beat my mom, like all this horrible stuff. And then I had these neighbors that seemed like, oh, this is good. They have a good family. They got six kids. They're, you know, good people. She makes her bread every day from scratch and grinds her own wheat because they're very into weird like, and that's a great, that's great now. <clears throat> Nowadays we see that and it's kind of a lost thing. Although I don't know, you could get wheat that wasn't untainted anymore, but regardless, yeah. <laughs> she was like that. And she was very kind to me and very kind to my brother and always tried to really help um, my mom. And so they took me to church. He actually baptized me when I, when you're eight years old, you get baptized in the Mormon church. And it's a funny thing because when you get baptized, they don't baptize you per se for God. I mean, they do, but they say, I'm baptizing you in the name of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So you're being baptized into a church rather than for Jesus. Yes, mm -hmm. Jesus, it's all in, like in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. But like, yeah, it's a different thing. And I had no idea that any of it was Masonic. I had no, I, I never questioned. Most of us don't. Like I, and I will refer to us, we, whatever, because I was a Mormon for so long. But I will make it clear. I am out, very happy to be out. We'll never go back. I would rather die. So <laughs> <laughs> just so people know, <clears throat> yeah. um, it, it wasn't, it's not, it's not God. And so we'll get there, but. So by the time I was 12, we had moved back to Utah because that was in Idaho for the majority of my younger life. And um, my mom ended up with another divorce. And, like, my family was just really messed up. My dad was in prison, like, all this stuff. Like, it was just not good. My real dad, not that stepdad. And um, so she finally left him. And I became a ward of the court because of the problems in my home. And so my grandma took custody. My grandma is, was an extensive Mormon. Like she was very into the church. She was all about the church. She was a temple recommend holder. She went through all the rites. Whereas my grandpa, her husband, he was a crazy person. He was a biker. He was a drinker. He had been arrested so many times. He changed his last name by the time he was 35. Like it was bad. 
And mm-hmm. so, but he was great. I mean, he was like my favorite human ever, but like he was just wild, you know? Yeah. And so I saw these two dichotomies again and I'm like, oh, well, again, look, the church looks like the way to go, right? As a kid, you're like, this person has it together. This person doesn't have it together. So, um, and, you know, he had been baptized, but he was originally Catholic and from like Chicago and stuff. So he wasn't into it. And her children, she had four children. None of them went to the temple. They'd all been raised in it, but none had gone through. Her family was extremely religious. All of her posterity, like her brothers, sisters, all of that went, went through the temple. And my great-grandma and great-grandparents. And they're all Mormon settlers. I mean, like, even in my DNA, like, because I, I didn't know about everything. People will hack you on that one because they're like, oh, you did the DNA thing. I didn't know. I was a normal person. Like, I got the dumb DNA test, you know. And, it, uh, yeah, we're Mormon settlers. It, it, it's even in that. It's... It's just who I am. And so, you know, you just, if you're raised here, and especially in Utah, Idaho was a little less um, demanding, I feel like, in Mormonism, but still very indoctrinated. But Utah was like, if you weren't doing church, if you weren't doing the things you were supposed to do, if you were, like, not not dating Mormon boys, whatever it is, you were not okay. Like, people would treat you bad. Yeah, and, and to this day, my daughter, which it's evolved a lot, like, because I remember being in Idaho and being a little kid, and, like, people would be like, you can't play with my kids because you smell like cigarettes, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it was very serious. I mean, they knew. Obviously, my parents weren't living the way they should have been, and so, oh, you can't play with them. And so oh, that wow. was pretty rough. Yeah, that's a rough thing growing up because you can't control it. Like, I can't can't control that they smoke in the car and I'm hot boxed in there. Like, you're going to be smelling like cigarettes. There's no other way. Like, the house smelled like cigarettes. It was was the 80s. People didn't go outside, you know? So, one one thing leads to another with me in the church, staying in, being devout, wanting to do the things I'm supposed to do. Well, I end up meeting a guy, and he's quite older than me, which wasn't really the problem at that time. I was 17 and he was 25 and my grandparents were like, Oh yeah, this is totally fine. And so we got married. Um, we weren't pregnant, nothing. I was just ridiculous and in love, you know, suppose I mean yeah. like <laughs> now I just, I'm like, why would you do if my kid came to me, he's 16. If he came and told me or even my 18 year old, but she could do it on her own. But like if, if they came and said, oh, we want to get married, I would be like, you need to go to your room. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Stop it. You know, like, yeah. that's insane to me. And, like, they were just, they got married at 14 and 16. So, oh. to them, it was nothing, you know. Yeah. Um, and they weren't fundamentalists. We're talking about mainstream Mormonism because that's more normal in fundamentalist church. So, long, long story short, we get married. He was a Catholic, and so we couldn't get married in the temple at first. So you have to wait a year after they get um, baptized and everything. Like you cannot go in the temple. People think temple is like Jewish temple. That's not the same thing. You can go to church and you can go in any church, but you may not go into the temple. And if you tried and you walked up to the doors and tried to just walk in, they would arrest you. So really? Oh yes, it is. You can't. (laughs) It's wow. I didn't think it was that hardcore. That's You have to have a temple recommend, which is a little piece of paper. I should have kept mine, but 
before I knew I would be a podcaster, I threw away all that crap. Like <laughs> I did keep like my temple ceiling to my husband. Cause if I needed it, cause I thought I might get a temple divorce one day, but that's a whole big story. But anyway, so we went through the temple together. This is now all digitalized. So if you tried to fake it, you tried to make a temple card. Yeah, no, they're smart and they're rich. Like, you're not getting mm -hmm. past them. Like that church is one of the wealthiest churches in the world. And there's a reason for that because mm -hmm. um, to go to the temple to get through and make it to heaven, you have to do, you have to pay 10% of your earnings. And if you're short, like on tithing settlement on tax season, you take your taxes and you show them to the bishop and then you sit down and you go over it. And if you did not pay, on your gross, not your net income, you owed the church money and they would write it down and you can't go to the temple until that deficit is paid. So they're very serious about their um, rules. Yeah. Jeez. And so you, you can't drink coffee or tea. You have to live the word of wisdom. Um, you can't be morally unclean. You can't, uh, you can't have any of that kind of blemish, even though I want to tell you like, they say that, but I know a lot of people that lie. I mean, I guess we can't fault the church for that, but like, you know, yeah. it, it's yeah. just, they make it seem like it's, oh, only the best people are there. Mm, I don't know. Because <laughs> that is, I don't know. See, I'm not, me and my girlfriend, we're not religious. My family's not crazy religious. Um, we, well, we're Lutheran. I think we're Lutheran. And so like, we got this is baptized. a weird concept, right? <laughs> yeah, we, we got we got baptized and all that stuff. But we just I went to church maybe a couple times when I was a kid. And my great grandma, she's she's pretty religious. And sometimes occasionally we'd go with her when we were up visiting her for like Thanksgiving or something like that. We'd go to church with her. But like we've like me, my girlfriend, my parents, not religious at all. So it's. It's weird because in the outside looking in from just like all churches, it almost sometimes seems, and I know a lot of cults do it this way, it almost seems like it's a money grab for the people oh, that are sure. in the church. And they use like their religion or their whatever, their beliefs to be able to set certain restrictions and do awful things just so they can't get caught. And it is like, it, it blows my mind that like somehow like in the weird U S history that like there is a way that they allowed religion to get around the law and are able to do just, that shit crazy things. Well, the main thing that people think is that America was founded for re religious freedom. And while that may be true, the religion that they're speaking of is not Christianity. The religion that they're speaking of is Freemasonry. We are built upon Freemasonry. And there is no America without it. Every founding father we have, save one, was a Freemason. And when I tell you like the Freemasonry thing, it was starting to be looked down upon because it's not Christ centered. And with all the arguments with Catholics and Protestants over in Britain and everything like that, they weren't going to put up with 
things like (laughs) Freemasonry for very long, even though many of the upper echelon was it. Obviously, there is a reason why these things are secret, right? Mm -hmm. You're not supposed to talk about them. And so the same goes true for the church. So the church doesn't tell you these things when you're a little kid and you're growing up in it. All you know is that they have like great parties. They have great support there. If I went and had surgery, people are going to line up and do casseroles like they're very. And I want to stress this. Not everyone in the church is a deceiver. Mm -hmm. Many people were like me. I never knew any of this weird stuff. Okay. This occult driven shit really until I got out and I, I had no idea. Okay. So when I got out and reexamined it with new eyes, right? <laughs> Cause they talk about a veil a lot. Like they, they speak of the veil all the time in Mormon church. And I literally felt like, no, that was a veil. I had the veil. Mm-hmm. I, I was so passive in the things that were happening in my life because they were expected of me, right? Like, this is a family thing. This is this. You live here. Uh, you know, you're going to be ostracized if you go another way. Um, you don't think about it. You just know this is what you're supposed to do. You know. Is it when you officially got out, was was it weird? Did you have to, like, kind of readapt to this newer lifestyle? And were you, like... Oh my God, this is like, what was, how did I not see any of this? I think I'm going to use this question to do a question from one of my viewers. Like they call this breaking the shelf. Okay. For, for Mormons that have left the church, um, they say, what broke your shelf? What's the last thing that got set on the shelf before Mm -hmm. it crumbled? Right. And my breaking shelf, the reason why I've never done a breaking shelf story is because mine is not amazing. Like mine is kind of like little by little by little by little. I was like, "Uh, this doesn't seem like, okay. And then as I got wiser and became a more studious person again, because I was very studious when I was young, I was a researcher. I was, I lettered in debate. I was very into like finding out things and knowledge. But when I became a mother, And I was going to school full time. I was working full time and I had three little kids at home. There was no more time for that. And they kind of bank on this. You know, they push really large families. I became a mom at 18 because my ex-husband, I married him and he had a four-year-old, almost five. And actually, I think she turned five the day after we got married. And so within six months, she had come to live with us. Um, full time from another state, like far away, like mom's not able to be there because she had a stroke and, and not her pro not, not like her fault. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like this just happened. Well, I certainly wasn't prepared to become a mother, um, as a senior in high school because I wasn't even graduated, you know? (laughs) So, um, it was a lot. And so then I just knew like everyone always was against me as a kid, like, You're never going to get married in the temple because you're really focused on school. You're never going to do it because you date guys that aren't just Mormon. Because they tell you, don't date anyone that's not a Mormon. You you date who you marry. Da-da-da-da-da. You know, and all this stuff. So I was very opposite in my beliefs in my own mind. And I feel like that happened at a young age for me because of the abuse I suffered. I learned who God was despite the church. I learned who God was on my own. Cause I yeah. was desperate 
and I was in a very desperate situation in my younger life. Like I was desperate to the story you told me about, you know, being that desperate. I was that desperate at 10. Okay. Yeah. So this is a bad thing. Cause you don't have enough knowledge to like, Oh, there's, you're going to grow up one day and you can do something else, you know, yeah. but it, at 10, it seems like the end of the world. And I remember multiple times, like just wanting to die, you know, mm -hmm. um, because when you're a child, your whole outlook and your whole control of your whole entire world is whatever your parents do to you. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you're stuck in this weird dichotomy of like, I don't know. These people seem to love me, but they don't have it together. Well, my stepdad, no, but my mother was a good person. She just mm -hmm. was being beaten at all the time. And so she yeah. couldn't even take care of herself. Like this was horrible for her, you know? So I don't fault her and I'm super close with her now and she listens to all my podcasts and she's my number one fan. And that's just amazing for me because we weren't close in my teenagers, you know, as because you, a, yeah, as a mother should be mm -hmm. as a mother should be. And, she but she wasn't, she wasn't before, you know, she was yeah. very um, broken in herself and I didn't have the capacity to understand that wasn't about me, you know, mm -hmm. it was, her circumstance. And I was very upset by this, but so I think number one, I was reaching out for love in anywhere I could find it getting married. So young number two, you know, I became a mother at, on an accident. Cause like this is a stepkid, And so I'm 17 and she's, well, I was 18 and she's five. That would have put me at 13, you know, as a, her real mom. Yeah. So this is like a whole nother thing. This isn't getting a baby and figuring it out. And like whatever. And it was a blessing. Like I, I, I don't see her now and it's one of my biggest regrets in life, but I raised her until she was 13 and she literally changed my life for the better. Like yeah. if she ever sees my stuff and I hope one day she does, like she was one of God's great blessings to me. Mm -hmm. Like really. And people that don't love their stepkids like that. And this is a tangent. -y, and I am a very tangent person. So this will go <laughs> all over kind of. But I want people to know that is if you love your spouse and that is the blood of their blood, then you need to grow up enough to understand that that is his posterity or her posterity that you need to be a part of. And you need to make them feel loved because they already feel uh, confused, maybe not unloved, but divorces, like no matter how good they go, they're not great. They're not good for kids, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so... I've had a really good divorce and a really bad divorce, but I'll tell you, like my ex-husband, even the one I had a great divorce with, like there's still baggage to those children. So remember that. Be kind. Don't be a jerk. Like if she's acting out or they're acting out, it's probably out of confusion, you know? Yeah. Really. Unless they're yeah. really malicious, which I don't believe children inherently are. <laughs> right? I mean, no. unless they're teenagers. That's yeah. like a whole different yeah. thing. Um, so... I, I was going to school and I knew one thing that wasn't widely accepted as a Mormon because we're supposed to stay home and be in the home. But I knew that I watched my mom struggle so bad that I was like, I'm never going to be broke like that. Mm -hmm. Like not to where I can't say you can just go straight to hell, put your hands on me one more time and I'm gone. And mm -hmm. I, I mourned that for her because I was like, man, there's so many times she could have left if she had a way, but she didn't have a way, you know, and poverty will do that. And not just to women, men can be abused just the same, you know, 
you can be in a desperate situation regardless. Like that's not, Mm -hmm. it could even be not a marriage. It could be friendship or anything where somebody's Mm -hmm. harming you. And so I knew I wanted to go to school and I wasn't going to quit. So I was working full time, going to school full time, because if I quit full time school, they weren't going to pay for it because I got a Pell Grant. So I, it was like now or never kid. And I was like, man, like this is not good timing. So we went through the temple. We got the little girl with us. I become a mother. I'm making my own family. And at some point, right around 19, I had my first daughter, like my own daughter. Um, Actually, I was 20. So I just turned, yeah, 20. And so I was a very young person here. And the church was, and I give all this background because the church was that anchor for me. Like, oh, we're here for you. They make you feel so, like, if you were in a cult, no one ever starts out being in a cult not loved or wanted Mm -hmm. or feeling special because that would not work. People would give them the finger and walk away. That doesn't happen until later, right? Until you're Mm -hmm. roped in, like what we saw on the Twin Flames. So when you're invested, like, you have invested your, like, whole everything, and now okay, minus the twin flames part, you saw how wild that was and how indoctrinated and how like everything was in there. Now add your whole family on top of it, your whole everything and add where you live on top of it and add what you're expected to be on top of it as a woman in Utah. And it's a judgment on you at jobs, at at everything, you know, it's part of it. And so it's your whole, it is everything. It is everything. It goes to, yeah, everything. Yeah. I couldn't imagine like just cause when I, when, when we watched that FLDS, um, documentary, I just, I was looking at the women because they, some of the men in there did commit suicide and they are now starting to show support to men that have gotten out of FLDS. But -hmm. it's just like, the immense pressure that those families have to go through, right? If you're a woman in that cult, you have to, you know, pump out at least 10 kids. Oh yeah. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You have to have 10 kids. If you're a man, you have to have 10 plus wives. Otherwise, you're just not good enough. So there is so much pressure with, mm-hmm. and from like, even from what you're saying, there's a lot of pressure from that and just... Being within that, I just, I feel really, really bad. And it really hurts me too that now that those kids, I don't know if this is true. This is all alleged, Mm -hmm. but the moms that escaped FLDS and they were trying to get their children to come out too. The cult started kidnapping the kids and started putting them in hideouts. And from when the documentary... Yeah, from when the documentary came out, there was like eight kids missing, right? Oh, there's more and than eight. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like this guy that I interviewed, Isaac is his name. Number one, when you watch the interview, you will see how broken he became over this. Mm-hmm. Number two, you're also told if you leave after you do the Mormon rites, especially in the FLDS, you are going to hell. And there is no if, ands, or buts about this. This is about your whole, like, your life after death. They are, 
like literally, so there's three levels of heaven in Mormonism, but there's also like outer darkness. And that is reserved specifically for murderers and apostates that know the truth, like me, like him. And we all have this doom. And then they tell the members, like, you know, these people are doomed and there's no saving them. So my husband's kind of like the opposite. He didn't go through everything. He got out at 16 and at 16, he told his parents, like, I'm not doing this anymore. And they were like, okay, whatever, you know, but they don't fault him like they fault me because he didn't ever know the truth, right? He didn't go through the whole thing. He didn't know. Oh, he knows not what he does, right? So he has like a pass. He always asks me, like, why is that different for me than for you? Because he accidentally told his parents one time that I'm an apostate, which I mean, he didn't say those words. He just said, she's been through the temple before. He thought it would help at the time because they don't really dig me, you know? And so he's like, oh, you know, she's been through the temple too, blah, blah, blah. And then they were like, what? You know? Um, And so no matter what I do, I'm damned unless I go back, Mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. So there's no saving me, period. And so... Um, that, that's hard because they literally say like, keep your distance from those people, blah, 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 you know, and it's just part of it. It's like the Amish, how they shun. Yeah. Which I think honestly, I'm not, I don't mean to disrespect anybody's religion or anything like that. Just through my experience of going through this whole spirituality journey and stuff like that. I think it's kind of bullshit. Not going to lie. Kind of is for me personally. I think just because. (laughs) When I feel like when the universal God created this place, he created it just if you are because there has to be a leeway system. If you're good enough, you go to the good place. If you're completely awful, you obviously go to the bad place. But to me, it kind of is denounce the right word like takes takes it away that like, oh, it takes that doesn't that doesn't like shunning somebody and saying that they're going there is just it really dismisses i'm gonna tell people like one thing the thing that jesus christ said on the cross after he said it is done right before that what did he tell us he didn't tell us to keep doing animal sacrifices he didn't tell us to keep doing weird stuff he didn't tell us to keep burning up kids he didn't tell us to keep praising him in all these certain ways with mass like a certain specific way or the temple ceremony a certain specific way what did he say love one another that is a deeper commandment than people really realize because loving one another is something that is more hard. It's like hard sometimes. Like you are not commanded just to love easy people. I'm sorry, people. Like you better figure this out because if that person is difficult, they probably actually need it more than anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, they probably got some hang up in life that caused that. Like nobody is just usually that way. I mean, psychopaths maybe, but... Like that's such a small percent of really yeah. of the real popular that that mm-hmm. word and narcissism is thrown around so much. It disgusts me. I've been a nurse for 24 years. I'm a mental health nurse. I know all the things, not all. I know a lot of things about psych and I'm telling you, people don't just do that for fun. And there's very rare that you get a true narcissist or a true pathological type person psychopath like really yeah it's it's not a lot of people and so and even most of the time they were broken you know they weren't maybe all the time i mean born ones are even more rare so Mm -hmm. it's just 
I'm telling you, like, people need to love each other. And I have seen such a decline in that since 2020. If I saw anything that that whole psychological operation (laughs) made is a lot of people that are apathetic to others because that's how they want you. What really bothers me going off of kind of what you said, what really bothers me in today's time is ever since I kind of noticed it. See, I was 16 when Trump got elected. So like I know a little bit about Obama, a little bit about Trump, but I don't really pay a whole a lot of attention to, you know, um, politics, but I do pay attention on social media and I see what people are posting. And every comment that you go through, it's one person that's promoting the LGBTQ community, which there's nothing wrong with that. But then the, another person just completely is mean to that community. And then you've got mm-hmm. one guy saying something, you know, about how like, oh, all races are equal. I don't see color, that whole thing. And then you've got another yeah. guy that just says some completely off the wall shit about other races. And... Or gay people or trans or people gay. or, yep. I mean, and here's my stance on all of this. Like we have a gay daughter and how would that be like as much Christianity as she has been pumped full of, like she was raised outside of Mormonism, never got tainted. You know, she is a Christian and was baptized a Christian. She knows all the things and still this happened. It happens, you know, and what do you do as a true Christian? So many people throw their kids out they don't talk to them. They ostracize them. Like, really, what are you accomplishing there? Because that is just teaching hatred. Would God yeah. do that? Like, what did, what did God say to the thief on the cross next to him that he hadn't had a chance to accept a Bible or got, you know, baptized? There was no Bible. Like, he didn't have a chance to mm-hmm. have any, anything that would help sa- save him, right? Save him from himself. And he looked at Jesus and said, I believe you are Jesus Christ. You know, he believed. And I believe you're the king, king of the Jews. I believe in you. And what did, what did he say to him? He said, I will see you in paradise today. Mm -hmm. Like he didn't have to earn it. Like if that is true and that story that we hear is true and you believe that, then all the rest of this is what filthy rags, just like the Bible Mm -hmm. says. Right. So, so many teachings, and this is my big problem now as an ex-Mormon, as an ex-person of religion, I don't believe in that anymore. I only believe in the Bible and its teachings, and I actually just try to live that way. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. do I fail like every single day, you know? Do I pretend I'm perfect and never cuss and never do anything because that's what people expect of me as a Christian podcast? You're looking at the wrong person here because Mm -hmm. I'd rather be raw and real and show you that I'm raw and real and who I really am. Because if not, I just don't want to be on here pretending for hours a day. That's ridiculous. And it I gets mean, very taxing, very taxing yeah. trying to put and on a fake are gonna persona. And people are going to see, yeah, they're going to yeah. see straight through that anyways. And people that yeah. do that, it always comes out in the end like, oh, you heard they were really this or that, you know, whatever. And yeah. so it it's just disgusts me kind of like even if you're going on your journey the way you're going or seeking spiritual things, however you're doing it, as long as you're not hateful to your fellow man, you know, try and like maybe that's just what you need right now. Maybe... Mm-hmm somebody coming down on you and saying, well, you should just do this or do that. That's going to actually make you not really want to do that. Like, 
you know, I just encourage you on your own to say, have an open mind about the things that you may see that are tainted from outside influences here in this earth, right? Mm-hmm. But, and and we, none of us have the full knowledge, like none. Occultists, yeah. uh, religions, and what did God say? You know, Jesus Christ is here. Was he happy that the Pharisees and Sadducees were doing the things they were doing in a temple? No, he wasn't. He threw the table over, you know, mm-hmm. like this is not acceptable. And so Jesus, and, and, and it's written all over the Bible, God does not live in temples. And I knew that. Yeah. I was smart enough. I had read plenty of things, but you do not, when you are super indoctrinated, there is just no way for you to be able to completely understand that, especially when the only people that you have in your life that kind of have it together are the people that are indoctrinated as well. Right. Yeah. I've so had, that's my feeling. <laughs> I've had so many people cause I'm covered in tattoos. I've got my face Me tattooed, too. my neck, my arms. And in the summertime when I go out and I'll, I'll like go to mall of America to go do shopping. And for people that right. don't know what the mall of America is, it is this massive mall with like 50 plus stores. It is huge. There's an amusement park in the middle. It's one of the biggest staples in Minnesota. I will have like those really indoctrinated, hardcore quote unquote Christian people that will come up to me and they'll be like, you know, you're not getting into heaven with all those tattoos, right? <laughs> yeah. Cause God cares. Right. Yeah. I'm but like, then that, that is so dumb. I'm, just a good but let me at give. The end of the day. Let me tell you, like, what does Jesus say that we will not be missing a hair on our head? Like, okay, so people that are scarred horrifically on this earth that got in bad accidents that had half their face ripped off, do you think they're not going to get their face back? Because that's a lie. You'll be perfect. Whatever isn't supposed to be there is not going to be there. Is that uh, my? own way of saying oh it's okay because my whole back is covered my whole I have them on my neck I have them on my shoulder I have them everywhere I I have a lot of work do I care not really you know do I care what your opinion is of that not so much and in Utah yeah I mean it is a whole nother level but luckily in the last three years it's been a little better as far as people being more accepting of tattoos but I mean it's just it's one of those things that are so it's so irrelevant Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. is he really going to care about that or how the person judged you walking up to you right then? Like that judgment will get you in deeper trouble than almost anything else. Like judgment is not. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I was. Do you know who Jelly Roll is? Uh huh. Yeah, of course. So have you seen his um, I because I've never read the Bible, so I'm I don't know if it truly says this, but he said that. Cause he doesn't really follow like the newer teachings of the Bible just because mm-hmm. he said originally that Jesus protected like prostitutes and Absolutely those people, yeah, those people, strippers and those people that were, I don't know, I don't know how, how to say the right word, but the, yeah, I don't the know, outcasts. I don't yeah, that's, that's the word, the outcasts. And mm-hmm. I kind of was like, that's, that's different because I've never heard of that before. Mm-hmm. I've never heard That's of true. somebody saying it like that. And that his apostles, really, his apostles yeah. were men not of renown. His apostles were fishermen, and like salt of the earth people. One was a tax. One of the most famous was a tax collector who went around killing Christians, killing them dead, and murdering yeah. them. Guess who that was? Paul. 
Paul oh, wow. wrote most of the Bible. Like he w- became one of the most like prophetic and devout people from being that apostle and cuz it came to him that he was supposed to actually turn over his ways. King David, you know, there's a nickname that Jesus well that God gave King David. Guess what it is? My beloved. My beloved. Oh, Guess what? He was a uh, a husband of about 40 different women. He was a murderer, he was a blasphemer, he was a mess. And every time God would come down and be like, "You're kind of a mess. Like, let's not do that anymore." And yet, what did he say? You know, that Jesus would come from his line. Yet he did. So uh, it's like, okay, I'm not saying just go do whatever you want to do. Like, especially if it hurts another human, like you really need to evaluate your stuff if you're doing that. But like, also you don't God. there's another verse in the Bible that said, God doesn't think how we think. And that is for a reason because he is, he is completely on another level we will never understand the things he does or says or why he gave Mm -hmm. a calling to somebody such as King David, right? Or these men that were kind of seriously wrecks, okay? And he didn't come, he didn't come to the people that were learned. He came to, and and there's a story about a whore in there. This is probably what Jelly Roll's referencing. Mm -hmm. And they were Mary Magdalene and they were saying like, well, she's been with all these men, you know, she should be put to death and we're going to stone her, blah, blah, blah. And then he stopped and said, any of you that live in a glass house, throw the first stone because you better have your shit real together then. And none of them did. And they knew it, you know, and he loved her. And there's, there's some um, conspiracy theory like out there that they believe he married her, you know, Mm -hmm. she was a whore, like known, well known. Mm. And he didn't care about that. He doesn't That's, care. Yeah. It's the, religion is not God. God is yeah. not religion. Yeah. It, it is you, far more loving than you might believe. Do you think, cause personally from like doing the podcast and doing everything and watching these cult documentaries, it always seems, cause I know the Bible is self interpreted, but it almost seems like the majority of the teachings nowadays it's almost taught wrong Mm -hmm. and it allows people to start up these cults, do these certain things that just aren't what it was meant to be at all. What he, what it was written as. Yeah. If you want to know what happens when you get absolute power, (laughs) absolute power corrupts absolutely and it doesn't matter if it's in government it doesn't matter if it's in religion it doesn't matter what 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 it is really if you give somebody that much power they're going to use it and that's called cherry picking the bible so instead of taking the bible in its full context right they're saying i believe in this verse and this verse but i don't believe in that verse or that verse right and so the mormons are actually amazing at doing this and they'll say yeah, that the Bible's only correct in as much as it is translated correctly. And so they will, anything that goes against what it says there, they'll kind of switch, do this bait and switch, and they're really good at it. So they'll, 
they'll have an answer for everything. And if it is not what is in the Bible, they'll have a reason why it's not, because the Book of Mormon is more more authoritative. It's more the correct answer. It's more, you know, whatever. And so mm-hmm. they do that. It's just like the prophet. They believe the prophet of the church is a living Godhead that, like, receives... Godhead isn't a good way to explain that. He receives direct revelation from God, okay? He he literally prays and God talks to him, and then he talks to the church, okay? So there's been some prophets that are pretty bad. Uh, Brigham Young, the second prophet of the church, after Joseph Smith died, well, was killed. Um, he was horrific. They, his nickname is Bloody Brigham. Okay, they named a school after him. He wore a bloodstone all the time. He helped kill tons of Native Americans. He was racist to a maximum capacity. He is something else. Okay, anytime I want to go to somewhere about racism, I go to Brigham Young because it's Mm -hmm. like a treasure trove, right? So then they'll say, and he's been kind of a hot topic lately, and they'll say things like, "Um, all right, well... Yeah, he said that, but also that was the time back then. And I'm like, "Mm, but I thought he was a prophet of God and like everything he says is supposed to be like true. And it says Mm -hmm. in the Bible, if a prophet is even wrong once that you should throw out everything they say because then they're therefore not true and they're a false prophet. And they're like, well, he's only a man. I'm like, wait a minute. I thought he was divinely inspired and talked to by God. And Mm -hmm. that's why you call him a prophet. Well, he's a man. I mean, do you expect a man to be perfect and without sin? I'm like, you always have an answer for everything, don't you? Like, it's either one or the other. Like, how can you be a prophet and yet be wrong all the time and say things like, "Mm, we should buy up all the Native American children and... That's right. Buy up all the Native American children and indoctrinate them into our religion so we can make them more white and delightsome. That's that is a quote. So, that is so fucked up on so many levels. He endorsed slavery. He said, and 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 it, it can get really bad. And then they'll just they'll go all about this and be like, well, that was the times or that was this or that was that. Or they'll, they'll switch and bait and say, well, Joseph Smith wasn't like that. He did this and this and this. That's what people were arguing with me about online recently. And I'm like, I wasn't talking about him because he's dead. And the church went forward with the second person, which is Mm -hmm. where the church went forward from. So I'm sorry, it has to be relevant, right? Like, yeah, I mean, if you don't have the second person, correct what do you have to do? You have to throw it all out. Right. Because then at what point is it completely bullshit? (laughs) You know? Yeah. I just, it's, it's a very, very confusing topic. And that's why I think it's kind of like politics in a way, just because of how confusing. Oh, it is religion and politics. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Yeah. I agree. Have, because going back to earlier, you talked about Freemasonry. Have you ever had mm-hmm. somebody oh. that was part of the Freemason follow you yet on Instagram or anything? Um, I'm sure they do. There's plenty of people that say things yeah. on my stuff. And I don't think that it's argumentable. Like, it's it's un, it's impossible to argue with me about the things that I show because I research mm-hmm. so much other than the ones that I can... Conge- like, if I say, this could be this, this could be that or maybe this, or maybe that. But the things that are absolute truth, like this is what we do in the temple, it is Masonic. Mm-hmm. There's no arguing it. If you've seen the photos, you know it's truth. 
you know, like yeah. you go through my other episodes, you know it's truth. Because when you go through, you get a new name. That's Masonic. You get new underwear. That's Masonic. You get a robe that only goes over one breast. That's very Masonic. And it's a cultish because there's many people from the OTO that say that's the same thing they do. Um, basically, uh, the whole ceremony is a copy of the Freemason ceremonies and changed into God. So what Joseph Smith did is he became a, a master mason and exactly six weeks later after he became a master mason and went through the temple ceremony for masons, he made the temple ceremony for Mormons. And so it's like the only change that was huge was they allowed women. And I think that really mm -hmm. pissed the masons off and I'm pretty sure that's what got him killed. Oh, you wow. know, yeah, I, I mean, I can't say that for sure, but, like, you just don't do that. And plus, he mm -hmm. spilled all their secrets and kind of copied them. And that, that's just, you don't do that. You know, yeah. it, it was a secret society. Like, you're not supposed to do that. So, you know, he, he did. And he even gave the Freemason sign for assistance right before he died. And they just ignored it. So I'm sure, I'm sure mm -hmm. they already knew. And I'm sure he saw a lot of friends on that day. I had, <laughs> I wonder if he's going to hear this because this is going to be so fucking funny if he hears it. I had a guy who followed me on Instagram and it said like Illuminati Masonry some some. That was his Instagram. <laughs> and I clicked on it to view it and I uh, was going through and it said literally in his bio, it said just 666 Freemasonry, blah, blah, Ooh. blah. And so um, were you... I don't want to say his name. I'm not going to say his name just because yeah, I don't you're want good. to get him in trouble. But mm -hmm. he might have been when we were on Talk of the Tavern. And oh, okay. He, his family, he came from, you know, an upper middle, a rich, mm -hmm. very rich family, very affluent family in Canada. And he was telling me, I, I sent the screenshot to him. I was like, is this dude really, like, should I be careful? And he said, he's like, <clears throat> no. He's like, they have tabs on everybody. So he's like, mm -hmm. I wouldn't even worry about it. He's like, if you want to, you can even DM him back and start fucking with him. And I was like, oh, wow. I'm not going to do that just yeah, in case no, something thanks. really, yeah. really is happening. But yeah, I right. thought that was so funny. I thought that was so well, funny. I mean, Mormons are Masons. They talk about it now. They didn't when I went through. I mean, they even have the square and compass on our magical underwear plus the ruler. So they have the square on one side, it looks like an L like this, and then the compass upside down. And then they have a ruler over your belly button and on your knee. And I had no idea what those were for. Like my whole life before that, I thought that they were there um, as darts for clothing, you know, clothing darts, mm -hmm. um, like nipple darts, really, because they have those in dresses and stuff. And I, I never even questioned it. I never, I, I never thought anything of it. Um, and they're very uncomfortable garments if you're warm running at all they're like full like a t-shirt that comes to here and um like bloomer type underwear down to your knee <clears throat> and modesty and the flds actually wear them to their wrists and to their ankles oh, so wow. that's why they wear such long dresses mm -hmm. and they're not allowed to show like even their wrist and so um what had happened is when the church split off because joseph smith did die Brigham Young took the mainstream Mormons that become the mainstream Mormons and went to Utah and the FLDS 
went with them at that point. But then when they were threatened that they wouldn't get their statehood at a later time, the, the state was really like, dude, you, you know, you can't keep doing this polygamy thing. It's pissing everyone off. Like it's not going to happen. And so they really went down like saying, you can't, you can't do this. And so when they, when the church kind of folded and said, okay, we'll stop from here on out. Then the FLDS said, that's a false prophet. Nope. Yeah. We don't believe that. And so they went with a different clan and believed that that was their prophet. And then they reorganized church at the beginning when they split off and the mainstream went to Salt Lake, you know, to Utah. The other big faction of them that are actually back east was reorganized LDS church because Emma Smith said, no, my son is supposed to be the one that takes over the church which kind of makes more sense. Like with nepotism, I, I would think it would mm-hmm. be more that way. And she said, nope, it, he should be the one. And they went off and made their own branch, but the mom was like, and polygamy never happened. Right, son? And he was like, right, mom. And they put a oh, stop wow. to the polygamy. Yeah, yeah because I, she, she didn't like it. I remember when I researched for my episode, I remember <laughs> that, came, that came across. And... I'm just, I'm still amazed that even with polygamy illegal in the United States, that they can still somehow get away with it, which is kind of, I don't know a whole lot about laws or anything like that, but like, I thought that law just would trump that kind of thing in religion. It gets really political because here's the two problems. Okay, so the FLDS believe that if you don't have three wives, you cannot go to the celestial or top heaven. Okay, mm-hmm. so if you only have one wife, you're not you're not going to get to the top heaven and leave, live with Jesus. You're just not. And so, number one, that's infringement on religious rights. And number two is when they did prosecute it and they did throw everybody in jail for it and they were really stringent on it, then you're leaving a bunch of mothers who got married at 15 or 14 or 16 who have no job and no way to support themselves with 10 kids at home. So what do you do? Right? Like you're, and not just one mother, like we're talking three to five mothers Mm -hmm. with 10 kids each. Like Isaac came from a family when he was growing up his mom I think had 16 kids and then the other mom had 10 and the other mom had 10. So that would have been over almost 40 kids left at home without a father, you know, at some point. And so it it just became really taxing on Utah, at least on, on Utah. It's not a federal law, but it's more of a state law. And they, Mm -hmm. they're just like, finally like, Oh my gosh, what do we do with these people? Like as long as their wives were the only time they started coming really down on things like with Warren Jeffs was because he was marrying 12 year olds and that's pedophilia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you cannot do that. You cannot, you know, if they're all consenting adults over 18, whether or not they're brainwashed or forced to by a family or whatever, because they do pick their wives for them. You do not get to choose. Now, mainstream Mormonism, you do. But in the FLDS, they tell you who you're going to marry. And so, you know, God reveals it to the prophet. The prophet come and tell, you know, you or me, like, okay, this is who you're marrying tomorrow, you know. And it's that fast. Like, it can be, like, the same day. 
<clears throat> oh wow, and that's so, crazy. Yeah, the, these these things happen very quickly, and a lot of times the people just have no choice in it. But really, they do if they're over eighteen. Like Isaac had said to me, like, yeah, when I got married and they did that to me, I mean, I was surprised. But like, if you really believe in it, you're gonna do it. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't feel like it was wrong. I mean, she was eighteen though. You know. Yeah. So. It's different than what Warren Jeffs did, and that was kind of his argument with it when he came into that. Was was like, hey, like, what are you doing with the kids? You know, like, mm -hmm. why are we messing with kids? Like, we've got enough grown-up ladies. Like, wh what are you doing? You know. Yeah. Um, and they threw him out for that. So. Yeah, there um, isn't. A, yeah. There's no foundation, like. Or anything, because I know, like, if you're out of prison, you can go through a work program. They give you housing and stuff like that. There's nothing like that for former cult members, is there? I don't know if there is, but if it is, it is small and probably not nearly as much as they need. I know the lady, one of the wives of um, Warren Jeffs actually got out. She petitioned because that land was actually owned as a co-op, but it was put in the name of the prophet, those cities I was telling you about. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about Colorado City, but Hildale, this did happen is, okay, obviously the government sees that because it was in his name as the prophet. Now he's in jail. So when they redistributed the properties out, some people could petition for certain things. And she petitioned for his home, the big, big house that he lived in because she was like one of his wives, like, wait, I think she was like a 20th wife or some crazy thing. But she turned it into a place where women could go if they wanted out. And so she did turn around and do some really good things with that. But yeah. as for state assistance, I don't know that there is. I mean, yeah, you could get welfare and different things, but I mean, a lot of them are already on that kind of stuff. And, and also they have their children at home. They don't get social security cards. I mean, this they don't have birth certificates. They're afraid to put the dad's name on there because they don't want prosecution of the father. So it becomes, because they're only legally married to one wife. That's how they get around it. Legally, that's only the first wife and that's it. The rest are spiritual. I feel like a lot of people would be able to get out of these cults if they had some sort of assistance from the state where they do if you come out of prison. If yeah. that was there, I feel like a lot of people would take more of an initiative and would look more for an opportunity to get out of this rough situation that they are in. Well, and now, now it's a lot better because they used to have something called the God Squad when um, Warren Jeffs was in and they... I'm sure they still do, but it's gone deep underground now. They are the ones that enforce everything. But what I'm saying, like, is a lot of these women, if they were to leave, they can't take their kids. Their children are property of their husband. And I think that's what makes a lot of the women stay because they're so afraid to be found. They, they found this one lady like three different times she tried to leave, you know. And so, I mean, they're scared. You know, mm -hmm. and that's all they know. And they are also told that like to live outside of the world, like into the our world is like, like you're going straight to hell. Like hell is a really big thing they use for people like, oh, you're going to do that. You're going to go to hell. You do this. You're going to go to hell. Like you're it's not just your life here on Earth. They're talking about your eternal damnation. Mm -hmm. And so I think that mentally that's just part of it that that keeps them in. She even said one time I got away 
and she made it to like a post office or somewhere and she's like I had no one to call because oh. all my family was in and like there I I just went back she's like I I didn't know what to do and she didn't even have kids you know she didn't mm-hmm. even have that at stake where oh okay you're gonna lose your your children like most of them do most of them have kids i know saint george utah did make some little rescue type mission things for people like that because the boys get thrown out quite early and they're Mm -hmm. just like they they just kick them out so that the old men can marry all the women you know yeah um that's a big thing and so i know they have tried to do some different programs but on a statewide level is all and definitely not like it's not a big you know thing yeah which is which is which is sad because Mm -hmm. they they do need help for those people that do truly want to get out and it's it's not it's not fair to them that you know when your government is supposed to love well quote-unquote love and protect you that when you try and cry out for help or trying to escape there's just they won't do anything for you or they just don't know how to help you which is really sad and it shouldn't be like that it really shouldn't because there's a lot of scared people out there and involved with cults and stuff like that like Mm -hmm. warren jeffs he was he was ruthless for what he did he was ruthless and if they did not find those tapes or those oh yeah he would have got away with it oh yeah yeah he would have and he still yeah. yeah, and he's still running things from prison, which oh, I don't absolutely. know how. Just how, like the mob. Like, yeah, how they're even like, like allowing him to do that. It's just well, they can't fucking, stop it. Yeah, they can't yeah. stop it because, I mean, they've got all these people that run it for him. When he went to prison, he made it so that nobody could own a dog, nobody could have any toys, none of the kids, nobody could do anything fun. He outlawed camping. He said their marriages were all annulled. They weren't even supposed to have sex. And then the only people that were allowed to have babies were people that were having babies in his name. So certain guys could go impregnate the women and pretend to be Warren Jeffs. Like, and that was it. Yeah. And so like these people honestly just believe so much. And like some of them have had really good lives beforehand. Like Isaac spoke about that. He's like, you know, I look at it and I know I should think it's wrong in a lot of ways, but in a lot of ways, polygamy was a blessing for me and my family. You know, they Mm -hmm. lived it good. My dad was good. My dad was good to these women. He was this, that, and the other. Well, so he has a hard time, like, understanding, like, how did it go so bad with him? Like, I don't Mm -hmm. understand what happened with him, but it did, obviously, you know. I think think it's so funny how he got caught, too, just completely ignored all of his beliefs for like mm-hmm. a week and went to Las Vegas, gambled a bunch of money and then took him and five other of his wives went straight to, what was it? Disney world. And then, yeah. well, I did think all the Disney things. world first. Yeah. Did everything that he well, told And they were in to. a red vehicle. They were in a red vehicle and all that money that he did that with came from his people mm-hmm. and they were living in, completely impoverished with no food and he was spending it on these fancy cars and fancy things and doing all this stuff and they he was where he was in a red vehicle and red is a band color there mm-hmm. you cannot wear red there and so or have a red anything and they wear all pastels for that very reason because they believe it's an evil color and so 
you know, he's in a red car. I'm sure they, but they don't watch anything. They don't listen to anything except his tapes. They don't see anything except for his stuff. Like, unless you were breaking the rules, you would probably never know that anyway. Yeah. I You're not even, allowed. Like, for me, because I'm a very, um, I'm not a rebellious person, but like, if I want to do something and someone tells me no, like my face tattoo, I was like, thanks for the opinion, but I'm still going to do it, right? So mm -hmm. I'm one of those people that kind of branches out and does my own thing. If I was ever to be in a cult like that, I would absolutely lose my mind. I You probably would be le it. leave or kicked out, yeah, because yeah. they don't mess around with it. And then you're yeah. just banned and you can't go see your parents. You can't go see your family. You can't, you know, by the time he got home from just questioning one thing in Texas, to driving here to Utah that that couple hours like six seven hours his family was gone relocated oh, wow. completely gone oh, and wow. and so and they were not seen again for years and years and you, so yeah it's sad do you do you still talk to anybody within you know Mormonism or um regular Mormonism like I'm surrounded like every neighbor I have is a Mormon like all the people are Mormon like temple Mormons like like completely indoctrinated in I don't speak to them about this I um actually screen really well like I tell my daughter like just tell people I do a podcast about history or whatever because I, I just don't tell people that I know are LDS number one out of respect for them I'm not trying to you know, damage people that are completely indoctrinated in that want to stay. Okay. That the mainstream is different because they, they can watch TV. They can figure it out for themselves. But you know, FLDS, I don't know anyone except, um, Isaac and he's out and he's written that book and it's Isaac's story. Um, it's on Amazon and it's like got another undertitle, but I can send it to you for this. Uh, okay whole thing too but please do because yeah, i i like that. promoting his work because he i mean you know he, it, it was his life i mean it is mm -hmm. really and so yeah but yeah he, he's a great guy and and i do keep in touch with him occasionally but that's only been recently so it's yeah. one of those things yeah yeah, yeah. i um <laughs> it's just it's just one of those things that just, from the outside looking in, it's really, really hard to understand. But when you're in it and you grew up in it and stuff like that, it is just, it's just one of those things that just seems so normal, right? It, yeah. You can't, yeah. you can't help it. And when you're fed those, I don't want to say those, not, I don't want to say lies because, you know, it's a belief, well, but... Uh, yeah, it, there's plenty of lies in there. When you are For fed sure. that kind of information, I bet it is just incredibly hard to try and rework your brain when you are tied away from it and just completely For done sure. with it. It's hard to um, reconcile a lot of times like, okay, I know this and I know that, but like, how does this fit in my life now? Like people will still say like, Oh, do you want to go to the temple and see the lights? Cause like they put up these really nice lights, you know? And I'm like, no, that's okay. I don't, or they'll say things like, Oh, let me, Oh, you're sick. Let me um, put your name on the temple list. I'm like, do not do that. Like <laughs> that is the one time where I kind of hit the panic button and I'm like, ah, no, because yeah. they chant around it and it's really creepy. And I'm like, no, 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 I no, I'm good. 
you know, you can pray yeah. for me. Like, but you also <laughs> don't want to ostracize everybody either. I mean, I lost most of my family when I left. Like my shelf, like I said, my shelf broke very insidiously. It was kind of like, oh, this isn't true and this isn't true. And I started like researching like YouTube and then I ran into Heart of the Matter with Sean McCraney and he was like, oh, this and this and this. And he used to be a bishop and he was an LDS missionary and all this stuff. So he knows stuff and you would hear it and you're like, that's not true. And then you go type it in and you're like, oh man, that's true. Like what? You know? Mm -hmm. And then you find out little by little, like somebody told me, I think it was my husband. He said, you need to go look at a Freemason ceremony. And so I did. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is super similar to some things, you know? Mm -hmm. And then New York Patriot, this was way later I'd been out. He's like, that's part of the OTO mass. And like, that's, you know, a cult um, in nature. So I'm like, oh, that's all like things that you don't understand what you were doing. And so you find out these little pieces of truth, like you're, and then, so the church came out right about that same time as the internet started putting all this stuff out and said, don't go on the internet. Don't research these things. If you want to uh, talk to your bishop, go to your bishop, uh, doubt your doubts. Don't doubt your faith. You know, like they <laughs> yeah. basically made it so that none of it was like valid and it was valid. So I kept and I'm very analytical. And so the more I started researching again after my kids were a little bit older, like I said, I had all those kids and I kind of mm -hmm. just was overwhelmed. I got out of school. I became a nurse. I, I had more time. And I'm just like, oh, crap. Like, oh, this. Oh, that. So I've only been out mostly since um, it's been a been with my husband. I've been out since I was 34, which I'm 47. So that's not that long ago. You know, mm -hmm. I probably if I had met another person that was deeply in again, like if I had dated someone that was deeply in instead of my husband, I don't know that I would have ever left. Oh, wow. No, it's I still crazy. Did. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and I paid for it. I mean, I lost my whole entire family and my grandma mm -hmm. sued me and she said I was a thief and she tried to take my kids away and she filed uh, CPS stuff. And it was just a whole big disaster. Like it was literally, I mean, I never spoke to her again until the day she died because I didn't want to be a jerk and not let her think that like I, I forgave her, you know? Yeah. But. You know, it's kind of weird from like your experiences and how like similar from just watching the documentary on FLDS, how very similar they kind of are in it's a still way. The same. Yeah. That yep. is, that is really scary to think about. Because that's why people don't leave. It, even if they had a place to go, even if I had money, even see, I didn't need any of that. Like as a mainstream person, my husband wasn't um, LDS at that time. Like when I started first losing faith, he was just like not anything. I don't even think he's a believer, you know, like, and it mm -hmm. didn't matter to me. But like little by little by little, I started learning things. And then, you know, when we broke up, I met my husband now. He taught me a lot of things. And then, you know, these programs and Sandra Tanner, and these are big names in Utah. These are like people say, don't go look at that. Don't go look at this. Don't go listen to them. You know? So you, you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm doing something so bad. Like this is so bad that I'm listening to them, you know? Yeah. And that was my, my grandma wanted my kids out of my home, at least my oldest daughter, because she was dating a missionary who was on a mission and I was listening to anti-Mormon propaganda. And so <laughs> on the paper, she couldn't put that because she was smart enough to know they didn't, weren't going to give a shit about that. Instead, yeah. she said, I beat my kids every day, you know, and put my oh. kids through this horrific 
battle of like, because then my second kid, she had to come and say like, no, that's not true. That's wacko. Like what? And then it made them fight. It made my, it was just a big disaster, you know? And it was horrible. And my husband, like now we were dating then, and then we were having a baby and I almost lost my baby because I was going through all this stress. And like, there was nothing holding me back as far as like, I had a job, I had a house, I had my own life. Like there was nothing like that, but the loss of everything in your life, like that you knew to be good and, and true, like your family, your religion, your this, your that. And luckily I had my mom. She had already left years before. And my grandma was like ruthless. They always Mm -hmm. say Mormons are so nice. And I'm like, yeah, it depends on what you're talking about, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Because she went to just a non-denominational church, but they sing and have, like, um, guitars. You don't do that in Mormon church. Like, it's very disrespectful in a Mormon church. And so she's like, oh, your mom, you're going to go with her to the Rock and Roll Jesus Church? And I'm like, yeah, I am. Like, you know, better than being here listening to you guys just go on and on forever. Like, eh. Would you you say, (laughs) compared to... Your story compared to other Mormons that went through and were able to escape, did you have a better story than most, or was your story still kind of on the more awful aspect? I think my story was pretty brutal as far as my family goes. I think, Mm -hmm. like, my husband, he left, and he was never in the temple, but he's never, ever been a part of the church again since he was 16 his family does treat us a little bit differently but like they don't like me for sure but they're not mean to him like you know they just treat him kind of like the black sheep and he feels that way even if if it wasn't something they did it's kind of the unsaid known and -hmm. then like his whole other side of the family like the uncles and the cousins and I mean of course you're like oh he's the one that doesn't you know, he's not Mormon. Like they're very whispery about their things, you know? So Mm -hmm. like his kind of story, I feel like happens a lot more where it's like, well, I'm just not going to do that, you know? And people accept it and treat it fine. Whereas my family did not accept it and did not treat it fine. Like they came after me every way that she knew how, like she saved every receipt she ever had for my kids for school clothes or a trip to Disneyland. She did for Christmas or whatever. And she sued me, you know? She tried to take my house away. And so, I mean, yeah, mine was brutal. And, you know, people to this day in my family, I don't know that I lost them over Mormonism as much as I lost them over my grandma telling everyone she she's a thief. She's a bad person, blah, blah, blah. You know, how do you fight that? Especially now she's dead. You know, did did she help me? Of course. I will never deny that she has helped me in my lifetime, but she also did a lot of things I didn't want. Like the Disneyland trip. I flat told her, I don't want to go to Disneyland cause I don't have the money, you know? Mm-hmm. And then she gave it to my kids for Christmas morning and already bought everything and then puts the bill onto me. Yeah. Like, Would, <sighs> yeah. Were you, what? When you were going through that whole battle with your kids and stuff like that, I assume you won, correct? You were still able yeah, to. Yeah, they actually okay, dropped good. it. Yeah, they okay, knew it good. was bull crap. Yeah, they like yeah. basically told my daughter, she was 17 and a half, and they looked at her and said, if we find out this is not true and you get up on a stand and say it is true, we will prosecute you. And she was like, I don't even know what's in that. Like, my grandma wrote it, you know. 
And she's just a kid being led astray, yeah. you know, by adults. Yeah. So. Yeah. Because that, as a kid, that's all you know. It's just whatever the adult says. It's yeah. is what it yep. is. It is yep. what it is. She didn't want to lose her religion. I mean, I had raised her indoctrinated as much as I had been indoctrinated myself. In fact, I got her name in the temple. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, her name is Celeste, you know. And so yeah. Celestial, that's like the main heaven that you go to. It, it was a name that we did. I mean, like my whole life literally revolved around this church. Like even to naming yeah. my kids. So, yeah. yeah. That is a beautiful name, though. I like that Thank name. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, she's a good person. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? I compl- we I didn't even look at the questions that I had That's written okay. down for you. That's okay. I think it flowed good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm chatty too. enough. It just goes where it goes, you know? Yeah. And yeah, that's how you, I always do it. Do you want to cover anything else that's on your mind? or? Um, no, I think uh, just mainly, like I told everyone, my shelf broke because it was very insidious. It was slow. I started researching, um, and I just started pushing away. It wasn't like one day. A lot of people, when they leave, they're like, that's it. I'm done. And then it's like a big, huge surprise to everyone. Nobody was that surprised with me because I had already been like not active in the church. I had already been like, I'm not going to go to that and this unless it's like a baptism for the kid or something. And even now, like when family members are like, oh, our baby's being blessed or we have a kid getting baptized. Can you come? I'm like, I'll come to the party after I do not set foot in a Mormon church. It is not of God. I do not like to be there. It affects me negatively. Like I'm not going to do that. I don't say that to them. I just say, no, I'm busy (laughs) working. I don't know what any excuse, you know, do you get, when you come across like those temples and stuff like that, do you sometimes get like panic attacks of like, or this rush of memory from what you went through? Um, the temple does give me more anxiety than churches. Churches, it's a little different because I spent a lot of time there and I don't feel like in the church itself was so negative. It's more like a regular church, you know, like mm-hmm. regular church sessions, but they focus everything around everything wrong. But that's easier to get past. Whereas the temple is where you do these Masonic things. And actually, I didn't used to have as bad a problem until now because I know what I did. Now I know mm-hmm. what I did. Before I didn't know what I did and I was probably just fine. Now I know what's going on in there. I know what they're doing. I know what it represents. And and here in Utah there is a church on every corner, a Mormon church about every block or so. And there is a temple almost in every city and there's a temple right down the street from me. And so I see it and I'm like Ugh. It's just, uh, you know, yeah. it doesn't yeah. make me completely go into panicville because I've had so many other major problems in my life that it's easy to mm-hmm. say like that, that wasn't that bad. At least I didn't get beaten, you know, yeah. like, yeah. but like for somebody else, it might really trigger them, you know? Mm-hmm. And with me, mine is more, um, I'm a very, I can put a lot of things in a lot of boxes because yeah. I'm a nurse. You have to learn how to deal with trauma. So yeah. My yeah. mom was an ER nurse, so yeah, I, so you get it, yeah. Yeah, is there? Because <laughs> I know within like the Christian churches and stuff like that, there is you know sexual abuse occasionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know in FLDS there was a whole lot of sexual abuse. Is mm-hmm. that 
st- does that carry over into so, the Mormon churches or no? The, the mainstream Mormon church has the biggest scandal. You might want to go look this up online right okay. now uh, after we're done. But with main players, including the prophet now, the prophet now, his daughter, who had a huge sexual scandal, a case that's against them. I think it's still open. There's like the attorney general fled. One of the attorney, old attorney generals fled. He's living in like Scotland or somewhere. I can't remember. And like all this stuff that's happening right now. So you might want to go look that up, but there's a lot of um, accounts of abuse. I also think that that is tied directly. It's no surprise to me that it's in the upper echelon of the church. Like these, so there's the quorum of the 12 and there's the the prophet, and then there's the three beneath. Okay, so it's well two beneath. First counselor, second counselor, and the prophet. So there's three, the Godhead, right, representative. And then there's the quorum of the seventy. And those people make up like the secret, mo- probably the most secret of secrets in the church is the quorum of the twelve. Oh, I forgot them. And then the quorum of the seventy. And so like the twelve apostles. See, they copy okay. all these things. Yeah. And so. They know the things that are really deep in there. And I do believe that the Masonic rites that we do in the temple, the necromancy that we do in the temple, it's like very, um, all of it's for dead people. And so that goes back to necromancy. And all of these rituals have to, at some point in my belief, now I don't have proof, in my belief, tie in to abuse. Because there's tunnels underneath the temple that they use that they admit are there that they say is so they don't get rain on them or so they can bring in the profit without having people like clobber him or whatever. And it's a completely, I mean, the grid is huge underground. And so what else they're using that for? Your guess is as good as mine, but child <laughs> abuse wouldn't surprise me. You know, yeah. do yeah. you have an idea because the tunnels keep reminding me of the children that are getting kidnapped because I hate it so much. I hate, like, mm-hmm. I'm really strong against just because of how I was raised. You never abuse a woman or lay hands on a woman, and you yeah. never, ever hurt a child. So yeah. do you have any idea on possibly where they are keeping these kids at? I know that if if they do it, it is the same as the FLDS, and I'm Mm -hmm. certain that they keep them and rotate them and keep them drugged and keep them moving and not in one space. Like, they're not going to keep them in one bunker or something. They're going to have normal, quote, unquote, a normal life somewhere where they're moving them around because a lot of people are coming out now saying, I remember being drugged. I remember that's what that case is about. I okay. I have memories. I have, uh, you know, all this. First, they thought they were false memories. Then other people that they spoke with, they're like, do you remember this? Do you remember that? And it was very satanic sex abuse stuff. Not just oh, wow. sex abuse, satanic sex abuse. Because there's power in those things, you know. There's power in blood. There, If you go, if you ever want to actually understand like why they do certain things you have to really dive into occult practices which is hard because as Mm -hmm. a christian person that's not a place i like to go right but you have to which is why john d he's the number one occultist that everything trickles down from in fact he's the first person to ever coin new world order kind of shit like Mm -hmm. it's all from 
this from the top down. Not that he's the only one, but this stuff gets spread out throughout the masses and they know what brings them power. Like, why is that church so powerful? Why is, why are we doing stuff for the dead? Why are we doing this or that? All of it goes back to power. Like they wouldn't do it if there wasn't power in it. Right. Like, yeah, I, I think that's where it is. Yeah. And speaking, when you said, talked about satanic and stuff like that, a lot of people, because cause when you said there's a lot of power in like blood sacrifices and blood like that, it, I didn't know this. My girlfriend told me this, so this might be uncomfortable for the viewers that are under the age of 18 and might think it's a little awkward, but if you have, I didn't know this, she told me about this, if you have sex with somebody with well if a guy has sex with a female and she's on her period that is a form of blood bond and you are now bonded with that person for all eternity i did not fucking know that there's all kinds of blood rituals that not just that but like especially with period blood like they make something called the cakes of light you might want to look into this okay. is all very dark occult things that I'm telling you. Um, but if you look that up, uh, you might be surprised. And the number, you know, the thing is about these people, when we talk about a cult, okay, not just Mormons, but I do believe at the top level of Mormonism, in my opinion, I think they're very um, enmeshed into that satanic cabal that runs the world. Because there's been many people say the Mormons, the Masons, and the Jesuits, and all these people run the world, right? Okay, so... Mm-hmm. I believe that probably to be true because of sacred knowledge that was given to them by an angel that came to Joseph Smith. He says that God came to him and that the father and son appeared to him and gave him this, the plates, you know, but also Mm -hmm. he saw 20 something other angels and these books were not obtained the way he says they were. They, it was like on the fall equinox in the middle of the night, dressed in all black. He had to borrow a black horse from a neighbor. And all this stuff is written down because he was taken to court. So this is an actual affidavit. Like this Mm -hmm. isn't like um, somebody just said it to say it. Like they said it because he was in trouble. And so that was their testimony, a signed and sworn testimony of a neighbor. And so more than one. More than one. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm saying there's sacred knowledge in occult matters, in Joseph's case, in different other ones, like almost every religion has started from an angel appearing, write down this book, put the book out there, start a religion. Like it starts Mm -hmm. with, you know, so many different people. I mean, that is how it happened for uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons. Um, it happened for Thelemites, which is followers of Crowley. It happens for all these different people. Right. And so Muhammad, I mean, Mm -hmm. it goes clear into everything and it's never free when an angel appears to you and starts wanting things like sex magic, because they always have to do a couple of things. So Muhammad and Joseph Smith both implemented polygamy, whereas, uh, John D and his scryer had to wife swap. So did Jack Parsons. Jack Parsons and Ron Hubbard for Scientology, same shit. Wife swapping, weird butt stuff, like in the desert, opening portals, weird stuff. Crowley, he was completely into weird sex magic. He's the one that probably started up all these other disgusting things. And what they say is, is money is really irrelevant to them because they know how to get money. 
when you have so much money, like Bill Gates has all the money, like what the fuck does he want with us, right? Like why? Yeah. It's not about that. And they start trading in something else. So what is the most precious thing if you interview old witches, like people that get out of witchcraft or cult, they say the number one thing that is the most expensive thing you can have is a pure virgin son, boy, mm -hmm. to do horrific things. And second is an innocent girl. And so, you know, these things are, are well known in the occult and mm -hmm. they are currency. Why are children missing? Because they are currency. Yeah. And it's scary and it's sad to think. But this has not been a now thing. How long in the Bible have you seen that they have sacrificed their children to gods? Always. Jesus came down and, and literally said, stop this nonsense, you know. They used to sacrifice kids to Moloch and put them in this oven thing and, and listen to them burn. I mean... Mm -hmm. We're not, this is, there is nothing new under the sun. There's just new names attached yeah. and they know. And the bad thing is for us is either we're crazy conspiracy theorists, weirdo cult, ex-members, whatever. People don't believe us, you know, or there are the people at the top that do know what's going on and they absolutely know how to play it off. And why is that? Because they go to secret schools. They go mm -hmm. to mystery schools. They have mystery knowledge. They have knowledge that we will never have because they're never going to give it to us. No way. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's weird because we <clears> were talking about... um like people that are like ex-cult members into the occult stuff like that and we try and explain this stuff to just a normal average person normal person yeah they do not understand it especially when i talk about the paranormal and everything that you have to do when it comes to that and how it is not a joke to be messed with no people you will love like, the story of john d because he actually called down what he thought were angels and this mm -hmm. hidden knowledge comes from that and okay. at the end, at the end, he said, I wish I'd never done it. it he, he, he died in ruin. He, he died poor and all his family like dead and like suffering and nothing good came of it. Nothing. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, you can't tell these people in the middle of it. Yeah. And the only way that you can get a normal person to listen to you is to have them go through exactly what you see or anything like that. Like me and my girlfriend, I see things all the time. I hear things constantly. She sees everything and like she gets visions. I get visions. We get all this stuff. Like one day when I had that demon attached to me, I was taking a nap because I just wasn't feeling good. Low key was kind of shitting my pants because I had a demon attached to me and I'm laying in bed, taking a nap, called out of work and I saw it for the first time. And it is the, it was really, really weird because I was laying in my bed and when I get my visions, they are, they're like, anytime we start talking about stuff like this, oh, why would happen? All my electronics die. No, uh, but that's okay. I'm used to it. Did it die on I, you? I fight back. I know how. Can you hear me now? Uh, yeah, I can hear you just perfectly fine. Just can't hear you. Let's see. See if I uh, go here, if I can hear you. Luckily, it's at the end. Yeah. <laughs> there you are. All oh, right. you can hear me now? 
Yeah, I can hear you now. Luckily, oh, you it was at the end. Um, you're with you with you saying I caught most of it, but at the end there, I I missed like about a minute of you said you okay. were your girlfriend and you were talking about how you shouldn't mess with things, and then it went out. So I'm like, uh-oh. oh god, I don't. Yeah, this is see, this is why I don't fuck with the paranormal. Yeah, I don't I don't true. go on my investigations anymore. I yeah. just don't because it it is attachments it is really happen. Powerful. Yeah, you need to look up um, Abraxas. Look up this demon Abraxas because I mm-hmm. truly believe in my heart and with all of the knowledge that I have. And his mother, Joseph's this mother, literally talks about serving the house of Abrac, and that's where Abracadabra comes from. That is where um, all of these rituals, I believe, edify this god because he was a necromancer, and the gods are considered in other countries history not mythology okay there is a hierarchy to heaven but there is a hierarchy to hell and Mm -hmm. as above so below and there are many things that are literally stamped out piece by piece by piece by piece there's no way somebody could make that up they have how Mm -hmm. many legions are under them they have exactly like how much and who is underneath which god what they're over what they're about everything and you're right. They can attach to books. This is why I won't buy the occult books when I study. Mm-hmm. I just study online, which is not typical of me. I like to study things in real, like read a book, but not yeah. occult, not occult books. I won't have them in my home. There's no See, way. When it comes to me and my girlfriend, for some fucking messed up reason, we have always been drawn to the darker aspects of shit. Don't know why. But it's just like we went to this magic shop and we were going to buy sage and a few other things to get this thing, whatever, right off me. And Mm -hmm. I also wanted to because part of like my bloodline, we think allegedly we think are gypsies. Right. Mm -hmm. I was able to somewhat somewhat trace it back to either India or Romania. So we went there to get sage and then I wanted to buy an Egyptian mythology book because I wanted to learn about, you know, Egyptian gods, because if there truly is gypsy blood in me, I would like to know, maybe I could figure out occultly where, like who Mm -hmm. my people, like learn more about my people. So, yeah. Yeah. And so we go in, get the sage i'm looking at the egyptian mythology book and i look over and me and my girlfriend see this dark black cabinet with all of the nasty books that a normal person shouldn't have it's just all black magic and i was looking at it and i looked at her as like we can't go over there because we're going to want to buy one of those books Mm -hmm. and all of the investigations that we have gone on have mostly always been dark um the stories the true crimes that true crime stories that i do on my channel very a lot of them are very very dark so it is just it's one of those things that is just very very weird and the other day this is really funny the other day because i have the egyptian god anubis tattooed on me and i'm a taurus so i was like oh i wonder who you know god i'm related to in egyptian mythology i got my anubis tattoo in 2018 and i didn't know that he, from multiple dif- multiple sources, say he is attached to Tauruses, and then some say he's not. But just the thought of, like, that's kind of weird that I got an Anubis tattoo before knowing that possibly, since I'm a Taurus, an Egyptian, you know, religion that thing, I could... 
the one thing that I can say is unless you have a really deep spirit for God to help you fight these other things, it's really hard because no matter what you do, you're going to have the angels that, you, you know, are assigned to you over your life. But when they say familiar spirits in the Bible, they mean these people know you. They know what makes you tick. They know what you like. They know what your curiosity is. John D. loved God. John D. was a Christian. He was all about God. Even summoning the angels, he believed they were God's angels. And even when he knew that it was no longer godly because he was a Christian and they demanded that they swap wives and he ended up having to raise the other guy's kid for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. When that occurred, he knew that it was wrong because he was a Christian and that it was against God, but he still did it. Why? Because he wanted knowledge. Some of us are driven there and you have to be very careful. And so you're always going to have that, like, um, kind of try to grab you or attack you or whatever in those areas. And maybe she has the same. So, Mm -hmm. you know, despite, um, and astrology is another thing like astrology and math are, are languages that are, and I say languages, they are codes kind of within us that are not always leading to good things. So I'm going to send you a a name of a couple books. This guy, John Ramirez, he used to be an occultist, a Satanist. He was a high priest in uh, Santeria and he got out and found Christ because he had a near death experience. And he really talks a lot about kind of this stuff, like not necessarily I mean, you're not having that kind of thing, but it's like this occult kind of thing, you mm-hmm. know, and he's really great to listen to. And he has some amazing prayers to break off um, family and genetic ties because I have to do them, too, for Mormonism because of masonry. And yeah. so there's some prayers you can say in there that are renunciation you know, when you're ready, if you're ready. I mean, because I know you would have to believe probably differently than maybe you do, but it might help. I mean, it yeah. could, could yeah, be worth a try. Send it my way. I will, I yeah. will gladly check yeah. it out. God isn't th- what you think. I think maybe that holds you away, but maybe that's a way to keep you where you're at because it, it could be a, a block in your path mm-hmm. to open everything for you because you have a negative connotation because of what people have told you or shown you that are religious, which I have and I understand. Yeah. That's, that's one of, I think that's one of the things because when, you know, when I think of, when I think of Christian people, no disrespect to any of my Christian friends or Christian people in general, it's just like the, Oh, the preachy ones. It it, like, that's the, that's what comes into my head and I hate that. And it shouldn't, it shouldn't be like that. Right. But it's keeping you, it's blocking you from like, sometimes we're blocked because I used to very much be the same when I first got out and I never thought I would be like I am today. Like, I mean, like really I am like a soldier for Christ at this point. Right. Mm -hmm. But I never thought I would because I had such a negative taste in my mouth after Mormonism. Like I was like, Oh, I don't really want to deal with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but when I found out that was not God and as you grow, I mean, I would really challenge you if you did read it and journaled and tried to understand what God is, Mm -hmm. I bet you would pass through something that is holding you back. Probably help you a lot. Yeah, I'd be, I would be down to check that out. I'm always, I'm a very open mind person and I will, I will just remember the people aren't God. The yeah. people that do this weird shit and 
just like even talking to me, like you've heard me cuss, you've heard how I am, you've heard me, mm-hmm. I guess, preach in a way. But like, I don't do it that way because I know that like, I'm not going to even like, I have a daughter that's not a believer. Like we don't mm-hmm. shove it down her throat because that's just so negative. It's just yeah. not going to help, you know? Yeah. But yeah. if you see the chance, like right now with you, I felt like I should tell you, cause I'm like, well, I see this chance that maybe this might help your path. And mm-hmm. maybe you having these beliefs in this and that and this and that, but you're missing the middle. Like all mm-hmm. of it goes back to God. Even the Egyptian yeah. gods knew there was mm-hmm. a God. There's still a higher order. And maybe um, listen to my two YouTubes on divine counsel because okay. that might help you. But I didn't, they're not me. They're my friend Brennan talking, but I, I did the yeah. interview. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you think, can a, cause I, can a guardian angel, is that, can that be a family member or can that be, or is that something completely they different? They will come, so they will, they will all, if you have a true guardian angel, it could be a familiar spirit, which could be demonic or not, but mm-hmm. they do say they don't come to us like in their actual being because what's the first thing an angel always says to people in the Bible? Do not be afraid, right? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. they're not. It's not normal. Like, you're like, oh, my hell, like, what is happening? You know, so I think that a lot of times they might come as, you know, a family member, but our family members are gone. Like, if they're gone, they're really actually gone. But because why would you leave Christ's presence if you're like in the afterlife? Like, I wouldn't leave heaven. You know what I mean? To come down like for anyone. And so I don't think that. But at the same time, I've had people and I've had an experience myself where I swear I heard my grandpa one time say stop to me because I almost mm-hmm. hit a car, you know. But I mm-hmm. think that they know we'll listen to someone that is more familiar to us. On the other hand, remember, there's always wicked spirits. So yeah. they can mask th- these these beings that John D. thought were really good were bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, you yeah, you never know. You want to you hear a really crazy story? That yeah. Kind of- ties into this so 2018 I was senior in high school and I I'm not I'm not going to college just college isn't for me just because I can't sit down and look look at a book and just do that it's just not for me because a really bad ADHD and it's just awful so I decided to sign up for the Marine Corps and I was going to be doing security forces for the people that don't know what that is I had to do so it was a six-year contract Two of the six years, I had to do an infantry unit no matter what. And then after that, if you've ever seen the movie 13 Hours of Benghazi, where the dudes are like protecting the U.S. embassy from the terrorists, that was going to be my job. I was going to protect the embassy and everybody in it. And the day comes where I'm supposed to ship out. And I'm at the Minneapolis airport and I am bawling my eyes out, like just crying because I just don't want to leave my family. I thought it was the right time for me to go. And I realized it wasn't. And I was just like, I'm already sworn in, but I like, I don't want to go. And I'm like talking to the universe. I'm like, universe, please just like, let me like, I don't, I don't want to go. Like, just please don't let Mm -hmm. me go. Like, it's not what I want to do anymore. And kid you not, while I am bawling my eyes out, I hear a little whisper in my ear saying, don't worry, don't go. I've got you. And I grabbed um, some random person's phone. I was like, can I call my mom? And they let me call my mom. And I got picked up from the airport right then and there. 
and it still trips me out to this day because I don't know who it who it was or who it or what it like just who it was and mm-hmm. sometimes I think it might be my great grandpa because he he will come and visit me every now and then and he'll pop up and he'll just talk for a little bit cuz well I talk to him but he my girlfriend tells me what he says because I can't I'm not in tune with spirits like how good she is and so sometimes I think it I was like well could, was that my grandpa let me know because I don't really remember what he sounds like. I was very, very little when he passed away and he passed away either from pancreatic or colon cancer. I can't remember. It was one of the two and they caught it too late and he ended up passing away. And so I was like, was it him? Like, is he one of these people that's like trying to project me to go do what I'm supposed to do? And then I found podcasting. I was like, Oh, I finally found my thing. You know, most people don't find this until they're in like their late, no, 50s, 60s, or they never find it. I was like, I found it so soon. So I was like, did I just like, like, what is propelling me to do this? What told me that I just go home? Don't worry about it. I have you. So it's just, it's just a weird question. I've been trying to And nothing to happened out. as far as the military. They were cool with it. Nothing. You... Yeah. They, wow. I, well, they gave, they threw away my diploma, but I don't really need that. So. Okay. But you, did you get that, dishonorably discharged or? No? I had, I got the, I got what article it is but it's the one that people get when they don't finish boot camp or they drop out oh, that's what okay. i got it's basically so not a, as bad no it's basically a, you can't you couldn't adapt to military lifestyle is okay. what the article right. is. right okay so. well I, I think probably you're searching for answers in other spirits because like it's hard for you to believe in god but maybe god had you yeah i i <laughs> It could have been it. It's just, it's yep. just a weird, it's a weird topic because I, a lot of, because I feel like that has happened to me a lot in my life and yeah. it's been God, you know, like, yeah. I mean, of course people don't audibly normally hear that, but like there are promptings and things that you, you are led to in life. Like it's mm-hmm. just part of life, you know? Yeah. And I know you don't pray, but that doesn't mean that God's not there for you just cause you're not there for God. Like, yeah. God's yeah. still there for you because he still did all the things for you. It's like um, on the cult of conspiracy, he's like, it's like a phone and he's ringing, but you can choose not to answer the phone. But sometimes it'll still come through, right? And like, you know, you'll accidentally pick up the phone call, go to call somebody else or something, you know? Yeah. So you never yeah. know. You never know. But yeah, we, we don't know until we're dead. Right. Truly. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got to, and you have to be open-minded enough to absorb yourself into the studies of Jesus and God and all the things, just like you have been with the other things to even know if it's true for you or not. Because really at this point, you don't know, you know, Yeah. you have no idea. I'm like, I'm very open-minded to it. Like I always tell people like, if, like, I know I said the universe, but like, if, if that's not it and it truly is a God, then he can, he can, you know. Yeah. tell me when I'm dead. He can judge me sure. then and say, hey, and yeah. I will gladly accept like, hey, sorry, I was wrong. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, maybe but, you'll figure it out before then. Yeah, you're hopefully. Pretty young. That's, you're yeah. pretty young. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, all of these things that you're studying are good and, and same with the girlfriend. Like, she might be actually an open portal bringing things in that you might not want in. Like, sometimes when you have gifts, these gifts are mm-hmm. can be a problem. 
like not on purpose, you know, cause I'm yeah. very like that. I don't, I don't see, I, I feel. And so, mm-hmm. um, but when I became very Christian focused, I also gave it to God and I was like, if this isn't natural for me to have it, then take it. Like if, like mm-hmm. if it's uh, like you said, like somebody in your past, in your family that was using it and got it from a magical reason or some kind of way that they shouldn't have had it, that wasn't just, you know, in your DNA type thing, then, you know, you can always renounce it and give it back and say, if this isn't of you, if this isn't a pure light, if this isn't something that you want me to have, then take it back, you know, because if we're willing to do that, which a lot of people are scared of, especially when that's like their whole identity, you know, Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm a seer or I'm this or I'm that, like, well, maybe, or maybe somebody messed around and you have that gift Mm -hmm. because you were their posterity, you know, but, but it does come by rightfully as well. Like there are people I, that just have it. I think I may, I think I was given my gifts just because like growing up, I occasionally saw things, but didn't really see a whole lot. Right. Um, and, and then once I got into my like 18, 19, 20, I started to get premonitions all the time of things in the future that were coming, stuff like that. And then recently I started unlocking, well, I would also hear things occasionally, like sometimes, I don't know, this is weird. This I haven't been able to figure this out either. There will be times where I will be trying to go to sleep, but like my body will feel like it's getting sucked, or my spirit feels like it gets sucked out of my body. And I go to this place that is just completely dark, completely You're astral quiet. projecting, you know it that. Is, yeah, uh, it, is the, it could not even be on purpose. That can happen I, to people. I, yeah, I think I don't think I do it intentionally, but I think I get to a place where I'm so calm and collective where I physically leave my body and go somewhere that's even more calm and then I forget that I can't breathe and then like yeah. I'll shoot up gasping for air. Yeah. That's actually probably demonic. So oh, on God. that one, on that one, on, on not the astral projecting in in itself, although I would counsel people against that because it goes into other dimensions where you have to remember if you have any light in you if you have any brightness in you what do demons do they're wandering in the dark in the desert they're Mm -hmm. looking for a place to rest and if you come in on accident or on purpose and you're this bright light they're definitely coming back or trying to get you like at that point you know they're going to try to attach onto you because you're a bright light in a dark desert you know Mm -hmm. you're warmth in the cold so so the place I think, that I th- yeah. think I'm going to is a naughty place for me to go to. Maybe not naughty. It could be really calming. It could be really great. But the problem is, is there are other things there that yeah. are waiting for you to I hated, I attach. Hated that I, used, yeah. I hated that I used naughty. That was so weird. No, no, that's <laughs> that okay. So I, say, I say that and spooky and uh, funny words all the time because I'm a mom. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, uh-huh. but. I will tell you, like, it, it can be that you're led there to actually be, like, attached onto on purpose. Like, you have to remember that we, there are many demons, diamond ions. There's this guy named Derek Prince you can listen to. And even if you don't 100% believe in the Bible, I would do an experiment. And even if you don't want to listen to it, turn it all the way down because demons see. <laughs> Did you hear something? No. Yeah, it sounded like my door was knocked. Yeah. Okay. So, because they're not going to like this. So you need to play the Bible on an app and 
put it where they can hear it. You can just turn it down all the way. You don't even have to listen to it. They can hear it. Oh, that's creepy. That's <laughs> See so if it tricky. helps your problem. See mm-hmm. if it helps a little bit with your problem. Okay. And and especially they're not going to like the divine intervention happening here because I'm telling you how to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to keep I'm going to send you some stuff because I think Derek Prince will really help you and he's passed away now but he he was like a Protestant preacher but he, you have to remember like with anything he's going to get legalistic which means like you can't listen to this. You can't do that. You can't do it. Just, mm. just listen to it for the content. Skip past the judgy parts. Just that's what I do. Like I'm not mm. going to stop living my entire life because, you know, this or that or whatever. You know, because I know Christmas isn't really based on what Christmas is told to me. I still do Christmas. Okay, it's mm-hmm. I like Christmas with my family. I I know it has nothing to do with what they tell us. Okay, yeah. um, I try and change things that I can to make sure I'm not edifying anything that I shouldn't. Okay. So I'm going to send you these and see if it helps your problem. I'd be curious. I'd be curious. Like even if you don't listen to it at all, Mm -hmm. you can turn it down and just play it up there all the time. Um, do you know who Vicky is born awake Oracle? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. She, she helped me with it. (laughs) She helped me get it unattached for me. (laughs) Oh, they fucking hate her with a passion. Yeah. Every time I call her, they just hate her. And ever since I got it unattached from me, um, one night I woke up in the middle of the night and I felt so, w- there was a voice in my head that said, don't get up and don't look into the corner. Whatever you do, just listen to me and don't do it. So I didn't and I just called for protection and mm-hmm. I was able to go back to sleep within five minutes. And then one night, because I have a stomach disease, it's called CVS, which stands for cyclical vomiting syndrome. So uh-huh. basically, anything that I eat, any, like, if I'm extremely happy, if I'm extremely sad, if I'm getting really bad anxiety, will just cause me to throw up unconditionally, and I just can't fucking stop. Hmm. And one night, I was having an episode really, really bad. I wasn't puking yet, but it was getting to that point. So... I grabbed the sage that I had in my room and I went to my cart and just started driving around and completely smoked myself out. Mm-hmm. And ever since those two instances, never had anything happen again because my girlfriend knows what to do against him. I, if I need to call Vicky, Vicky knows what to do and like tells me what to do. So they just, right now we're kind of at a stalemate. And right. sometimes, sometimes I just was just, want to just like go up there and the attic and just fuck with them really really bad but i know not to do that because then then that'll just open up a door that i just don't want to fucking deal with i just don't want to do you know the father's prayer do you know our father's prayer i do say it whenever there is even if you don't say it out loud if your girlfriend's sleeping next to you and you want to be quiet say it and you memorize that prayer because Mm -hmm. that prayer has a lot of power That prayer has so much power in it. And in the name of Jesus Christ is a very powerful thing to say. Mm -hmm. And even though you're unsure of your walk, these things still carry power. You know, I I mean, really, I know it sounds hokey, but I mean, no more hokey than anything else. Yeah. A lot of from with that whole deal and sharing my experiences and being involved with, you know, spiritual people that practice it and stuff like that a lot of it sounds pretty hokey but until you actually do it and you see like oh shit this fucking works Mm -hmm. it is weird yep 
Yeah, I would really recommend that, and I would really... I'll send you the stuff about um, the ones I told you, but I would try with an open mind and really see where you're at with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Because if you turned your life over to him, you may end up being a... There may be something really keeping you from that because Mm -hmm. you might have a mission. You would be surprised the people that have come, come for the Lord and changed everything like Paul, like the tax collector that killed all the Christians on purpose all the time, just Mm -hmm. for fun. Uh, You might be surprised of your walk and what you're here to supposed to change. You know, you, we never know. We, we really don't. And if it's going to keep you out of doubt area, of course, it's going to keep you down from fulfilling anything. You know, some people, my grandpa, biker, tattooed, all these things I've told you, me, like I'm outside the box. Some of us go hard for God, you know, and mm-hmm. it's okay. Like you don't have to, like, I feel like your generation, because I have kids your age, you know, mm-hmm. I have 28, I have uh, almost 24, I have almost 23, I have 18, and then I have a 16. And so I've got all these kids and I've got a little girl that's 10. And a lot of times they just don't want to identify with that because it's just not something that they want to deal with because yeah. of the negativity. But once you erase that and you do it with an open mind and just like, don't follow a church, just like learn about God yourself. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, yeah. it really might help you. Yeah. And I think you that's <laughs> what it has been for me is just the whole like, Oh, if you have to, I don't like, I don't want to go to church and listen to, I don't go to church. Guy preach about it i'd rather like that's why i want to do this because i wanted to figure out by myself go on my own i don't go to church yeah i just i just talk to god yeah Yeah. us talking about god right now is church yeah two or more in his name is church that's a that's a scripture Mm -hmm. these buildings and these rules and these like really strict things to make us feel like we can't breathe are meant to make people run away yeah that's true yeah you know, and it's no different than a cult at that point. So, you know, you've got to let it go and and start again with new eyes and say, okay, I'm going to try this my way. I'm going to try this Mm -hmm. a different way. Like maybe it will really help your walk, you know, maybe you're meant to do something great and you're being pushed back. Obviously they're not going to want you to do that if that's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, it's yeah. been a good talk. I hope you get resolution. I'll send you those things. Yeah. For okay. Sure. Perfect. Perfect. Do you yes. want to plug your stuff sure. one more time? Sure. I am Heidi Love. I'm at the Unfiltered Rise. Uh, see me there on anywhere podcasts are served. Um, mostly, I am on Spotify. That's the biggest one. But I'd love if people go to Spreaker because it helps me out. But and we have a pre uh, Patreon if you want the early episodes, all the early stuff. No ads, all those fun things. I have that. I have YouTube for now. (laughs) I got dinged. We'll see what happens with the YouTube. (laughs) I don't know. I talked about too many demons and angels. I I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) That's everything. (laughs) Well, you guys heard it here first. Thank you, Heidi, for coming on. Yes, Um, thank you. You're welcome. And I Uh, hope you enjoy. Have no fear. Walk in the Lord. (laughs) I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Thank you. Bye now. Bye-bye.